You're listening to Life in the Trenches, relatable, faith-filled conversations about everyday life to encourage and connect. Because at the end of the day, we're all in this life together. Welcome back. I'm your host, Melissa Sharp. In 1975, a little show called One Day at a Time ran on network television. It was a show about a modern-day, recently divorced woman and her two teenage daughters, and it kind of went over the ups and downs of their everyday life. Even though the show was made years before I was even born, I've watched it in reruns. It's considered one of the classics, bringing so many taboo subjects to living rooms all across America. I remember one particular episode where the older daughter had joined a religious group that was really portrayed as a cult. The robot-like language and the kumbaya vibes were awful, making all Christians look a little weird. One of the closing scenes did have some incredibly redeeming qualities, as the title character was trying to advocate to her daughter that Christians can and do lead messy lives like everyone else. In an attempt to encourage her daughter's efforts of conversion, she says, How do you know something you did won't pay off someday? Do you think there's hope? No one can live without hope. You, dear, just hoped a little too hard and a little too fast. Hope. It's the very backbone to our human existence. It's bone marrow truth that we can't live without hope because without it, there's literally nothing to live for. I believe that's the greatest of lies the enemy of our soul uses against us to drag us into despair, seeing no way out. See, the scriptures tell us that the enemy is a hope stealer. He's a thief. John 10.10 says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. There's a campaign currently running by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health here in Canada called Not Today. It's a campaign advocating that there is hope for those who struggle with the emotional battle of suicide. And it's interesting because the popular phrase this campaign is derived from, not today, comes from a popular slang saying, not today, Satan. Currently, the statistics tell us that the world loses one person to suicide every 40 seconds. These statistics are staggering. The world is crumbling from the inside out. Can hope even be found again? I sure hope so. When I became pregnant with our first daughter, I had read all of the books and heard all of the stories about what pregnancy would do to our physical bodies. But I had no clue what I was up against with my mind and my emotions. In my first trimester of pregnancy, I fell into a very deep depression called prenatal depression. 
It wasn't very well understood in the medical community at the time, not as well as postpartum depression, which is considered the fourth trimester. But I fell hard and fast. I could not understand the pain in my mind and how desperately I didn't want to live. The only way I could describe it is like a dark, heavy blanket laid over my mind and my body pushing me down. I had no joy. I had no hope. After battling this for several weeks, I couldn't breathe anymore. I suffered silently, believing that people would think I was crazy. I had to admit to my husband that he might have to commit me because I wasn't sure if I was going to make it. He would come home from work at the end of the day, and I was a mess. I would cry myself to sleep. I was barely taking care of myself, let alone this new baby that was growing inside me. One particular bout had left me stranded in bed for three straight days. I wanted it out. I had never experienced something like this in my whole life. And in anger and confusion, I remember lying in my bed, completely distraught, and I screamed at the top of my lungs out to God. And in my frustrations, I yelled, God, if you're real, if you are truly real, you need to show up now. Within a few minutes, my husband had come home from work that day, and he found me wandering around in a daze. It wasn't overnight, but the pain in my mind began to lift and dissipate. I got help, and I talked it out with people I trusted. And as my body continued to grow a healthy baby, my God helped me to grow a healthy mind. It was three years later when I became pregnant with our second daughter. I was alerted by medical professionals that I was predispositioned to prenatal depression, and I would have to be well aware of the signs. Sure enough, a few weeks into my pregnancy and the pain began. My husband will tell you that this depression was worse than the first. The days were long and dark, and I had to care for a busy three-year-old who depended on me for her every need. Not only did I not have hope, I had no desire for the child that I was carrying. I secretly wished I would lose the baby because if I did, the depression would go with it. Unknown to me at the time, a friend from church had felt the need to start praying for me. And what seemed to be a regular day of my drudgery turned into anything but. My older daughter was needy and incredibly whiny that day, and I was frustrated in the moment, and I removed myself from her, escaping to my bedroom. I was in pain, and again, I just wanted out that blanket, it's heavy and hurting and all-consuming. Of this, I understand. But God spoke that day, not today, Satan. I was on my knees at the side of the bed, crying while I tried to pray. I was screaming out for God to help me. 
I had my Bible in front of me and I was searching for a verse, clutching really just for something. I didn't even know what it was I was looking for. I didn't hear the little footsteps of my daughter coming up beside me. She was clueless as to why her mom was such a basket case. She kept trying to get my attention. And I tried to ignore her. I know I thought with her calling my name, she just was whining about something or wanted something else from me. But while I was trying to ignore her, I had this deep sense of conviction. Mom guilt, maybe? It really was. But I had to turn and look at her. And my baby girl put her hands on my tear-streaked face and she said, He hears you, Mommy. Jesus hears you. And he will help you, Mom. Hope came back that day. See, I think I wanted it a little too hard and a little too fast. But the lesson I learned years earlier when I screamed out to God, telling him if he was real and I needed him to show up, well, that screamed out frustrated prayer, it paid off. See, my someday had come because what happened is I had remembered that I had survived the pain of that moment. And sure enough, I'd do it again. The friend that was praying for me kept praying specifically that this new baby of mine would be my joy baby. A year later, I remember being in her nursery and I was sitting in the rocking chair cuddling her. She had just fed and it was those few sweet moments before I'd lie her down in her crib. I remember looking at her and her round cheeks and these big oversized eyes and she would just lock her eyes with me. And I remember in the moment distinctly saying out loud, you are my joy, Rachel. And I can't believe I never wanted you. I'm so sorry. And she truly is an answer to those prayers. Yes, she's a big pain in the arse sometimes with her stubbornness. And that kid makes me run in circles. But she really is our joy, bringing laughter and wit into our home every single day. I believe that as long as we're breathing, hope exists. As long as we're pushing forward, hope renews. And I think that as long as we're willing to seek help, not hiding in our pain, hope will show its face to us in many forms. You know, in the words of Pastor Andy Stanley, he recently had a social media post and these were his words that he had penned. And he says, sometimes I just want it to stop. Talk of COVID, looting, brutality. I lose my way. I become convinced that this new normal is real life. Then I meet an 87-year-old man who talks of living through polio, diphtheria, Vietnam protests, and yet he's still enchanted with life. He seemed surprised when I said that 2020 must have been especially challenging for him. 
know,' he said slowly, looking me straight in the eyes. "'I learned a long time ago not to see the world through the printed headlines. "'I see the world through the people that surround me. "'I see the world with the realization that we love big. "'Therefore, I just choose to write my own headlines.'" Husband loves wife today. Family drops everything to come to grandma's bedside. He patted my hand. Old man makes new friend. His words collide with my worries, freeing them from the tether I had been holding tight. They float away. I am left with a renewed spirit and a new way to write my own headlines. I've come to believe that hope's grip becomes stronger on our souls when we allow it to grow through time and experience. You know, I remember this passage in the Bible that says, why would we hope for the things that we can see? We need to hope for the things that are unseen. There's been so many times in my own life where I've wondered where hope was. When something I thought was going to happen didn't happen. But you know, I walk out of those life experiences realizing that I've either, either been saved from something or something better truly did come along. I may not always have answers, but I know that every prayer gets an answer. There are no unanswered prayers. I may ask questions and I may get answers, but there are no unanswered prayers. I can't believe that every 40 seconds, there's someone in the world that thinks there is no hope and that the world would be a better place without them, without believing that there's something evil and sinister behind those thoughts. Not today. Whatever your mantra has to be, not today. Maybe you can write your own headline today and try to find some positive or some good. See, if we're able to reach out and get help and talk about our pain, we'll find an entire tribe of people who feel the same way that we do. People that'll speak hope into your life, even though they might be drowning in their own disappointments. We all want to be and desire to be the person to lift somebody else out of their pit. If we want someone to lift us out of ours, we have to be willing to extend our hands upwards. Thanks for joining me today. I hope you gained a little hope <laughs> and we can all remember that hope comes with wisdom and wisdom, the life lessons learned, well, they give us hope.